0: in a nursing home you're like (laughs) this is what I'm gonna write for my wife who doesn't remember me sex scenes from her point of view about how hot I am yes yes
1: thing we read this week where we talk about the books that we hate to love and love to hate. I'm
0: Caitlin and I'm Savannah, otherwise known as a communicative presenter this week. Thanks Squadcast. And welcome back to our podcast. Disclaimer so no one sues us. We don't hate books, we don't hate authors, we love both of them. Uh, We just like making fun of problematic tropes and characters and actually I really fucking hate this book. Anybody who knows me, I have been waiting for this episode just so that I can drag this book in particular. Like, this is not a book that I love to hate. I only have hatred. So, for anyone who hasn't read the episode description, we are on The Notebook by Nicholas Sparks, and I have nothing else to say in this disclaimer.
1: But that being said, these episodes are not spoiler free. Um, so the next book that we're reading is The Sirens by Kira Cass That comes out on the 18th of February. Um, and then we have Crossed by Ali Condi, and that comes out on the 4th of March. Um, Housekeeping? This is like not housekeeping because it's not even remotely related to this podcast. <laughs> but I will say, and granted we're pre-recording, so this is gonna be like really old news for everyone else that's listening. Taylor Swift's new album, Evermore, is, like, I live in the perfect setting for this album because I'm currently looking at the dark, dreary sky
0: with trees, and it's just, like, super... She's making fun motions with her hands um, right
1: now. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, just, I'm, like, in the perfect backdrop for this album. What about yeah, you, it's... any
0: housekeeping? I would like to point out that last night, and I'm so happy this happened last night before we recorded... Oh, no. Um, so, we have we just recorded two days in a row, and yesterday, Caitlin had made a comment about how my quirky, like, if I was in a YA novel, my quirky trait would be that I hate The Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> and I've discovered that Caitlin's quirky trait is that <laughs> when she's sad, she watches Coraline. No, no, no. Okay, wait. I'm going to say that differently. Well, when she's sad... <laughs> Her go-to movie on Netflix. She's texting me. She's like, I'm having a lot of emotions. Got to watch something to cancel those out. I was like, great, what are you watching? And she was like, Coraline. And I was like, you mean like, Motherfucking like button eye creepy spider lady (laughs) tortures this young girl like that core that Coraline and she was like yeah yeah that yeah that Coraline I I choose to watch it voluntarily and I was like great that's your quirky YA trait chooses to watch the scariest fucking children's film that's ever been made in order to not have feelings.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, honestly, I fell asleep in the middle of it, so what the fuck what is wrong with yeah. you i don't i don't know we don't need, we don't have time to unpack all of that this book is not about mental illness not th- <laughs> this podcast is not about mental illness
0: i mean neither this is podcast this podcast is about I...
1: books <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm done cool, cool, cool what are you drinking <laughs> <laughs> um i was drinking coffee but it's gone and i don't have the energy to go get another cup so now i'm did you I'm just like water. you
1: just like you just like gulped that shit didn't you she okay listeners we started recording uh well we like started doing this like 10 minutes ago and her coffee is already gone
0: <laughs> so <laughs> that's my coffee you know. trait number two i drink things really fast i don't yep. like having drinks in my hand i like yep. having the drinks I don't like them in my hand yeah
1: and I'm the, are, I'm the opposite like I'll sit I'll sip on something for
0: ages a long time yeah it never ends
1: <laughs> I will reheat my coffee like three times before it's complete <laughs>
0: two days later I'm like your coffee's still in the fridge probably there's bacteria in it do you still want it yeah don't throw it away <laughs> what bacteria is climbing into He's my so, coffee what you mean climbing in it's generated by the reheating of the milk I don't know I'm not a scientist anyway. <laughs> books <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay summary time Man give it to us excellent i
0: love it i will i'm gonna give my summary and then i'm going to give the goodreads summary my summary is i hate this book as much as i hate the movie and for completely different reasons which is impressive because i have an infinite amount of hate for the movie
1: so mine says this is the book that started a cultural phenomenon and then just a bunch of clush- question marks and exclamation points i like yours too <laughs> Thanks.
0: Actual summary Both fitting. for anyone who doesn't know. Set amid the austere beauty of the North Carolina coast begins the story of Noah Calhoun. A rural Southerner, recently returned from the Second World War. Noah is restoring a plantation home to its former glory, and he's haunted by images of the beautiful girl he met 14 years earlier. A girl he loved like no other. Unable to find her yet, unwilling to forget the summer they spent together, Noah is content to live only with memories, until she unexpectedly returns to his town to see him once again. <laughs> like... And I i kid you not, quote, this is a direct quote, like a puzzle within a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> the story of Noah and Ali is just beginning. As it unfolds, their tale miraculously becomes something different with much higher stakes. Cheating. Cheating is the stake, Spoiler alert. The result is a yeah. deeply moving portrait of love itself, the tender moments and the fundamental changes that affect us all. It is a story of miracles and emotions that will stay with you forever right about that last one it gave me emotions that will stay with me forever
1: so this was like my first time around the block with the story of the notebook i've never seen the movie this is my first time reading the book and um i'm like not impressed i think i'm gonna go ahead and just like say that safe to say i mean (laughs) i think i liked dear john more than i liked this book and that is saying a lot
0: because I don't know if I've ever hated a book as much as I hate Dear John. <laughs> Dear John was at least entertaining, but it had the added con of having the main character share a same share a name with me, so that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I did not think I would be coming on here saying positive things about the movie, but the movie does pacing a lot better. The yeah. book's pacing is very strange. So we just start with this this elderly man saying, who am I? I wonder how will this story end? And then he describes himself as, I'm neither strong nor healthy, and my days are spent like an old party balloon, listless, spongy, and growing softer over time. And if that isn't 2020 mood, <laughs> I don't know what is. <laughs> it gets worse, but first, Let's get a description of Noah back in his heyday.
1: 31, not too old, but old enough to be lonely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Boring old white man. Early on, he learned to enjoy simple things, things that couldn't be bought. And he had a hard time understanding people who felt otherwise. It was another trait he got from his father. And there's some line where he talks about how he likes to work hard for the money that he got, and I was like, "Great." Um, well, there's also a man with a ton of money who works for his good hard way of life, his rugged but... wilderness life with his three-legged a- dog.
1: <laughs> and there is a line about how he hasn't felt warm since Bush was president. <laughs> this is not related, but we had um, we're, we're looking to hire new people to join my Mm -hmm. team and one of the guys who sent in his resume one of the things that he listed is that he has written and published a book that has sold over 2,000 copies (laughs) and the book was about like I can't remember I'm not gonna tell you what it was called because I'm making fun of it and but I want to (laughs) know it was like something it's something about a guy with tattoos and like it was the book was about grief and loss and love and all of these things and me and my coworker were talking about it and she was like because originally she was telling me you should you know get to know him like he's pretty cute and then we read his resume and I started laughing and she was like you know you should tell him that you read his book for your podcast and I was like (laughs) yeah i'll just tell him yeah we read your book on my podcast it's called the worst thing we read this week and she was like is that really what it's called i was like yeah it's really what it's called (laughs) the
0: okayest thing we read this week
1: (laughs) (laughs) anyways that's all this whole intro is basically just Allie and noah reminiscing on how much they still love each other 14 years later Like, Noah said that he once had a perfect love that changed him forever. And I'm just like, well, clearly it wasn't perfect if it ended. I mean, I don't really know what to (laughs) say to that. I'm bored already.
0: A little flaw there. We end the intro description of Noah, thank God. And then we move into the intro description of earlier that evening and 100 miles away. And here we are going to meet his love interest, Allie. Um, And this is where... I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those books where it's really apparent that a man is writing. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> because the the description of her, she's like going and getting ready for her bath and getting ready to shave her legs. And she's like, she looked in the mirror. She had been called beautiful since she was a young girl. And once she was naked, she looked at herself in the mirror. Her body was firm and well proportioned. <laughs> breasts softly rounded stomach flat legs slim she'd inherited her mother's high cheekbones smooth skin and blonde hair but her best feature was her own she had eyes like ocean waves as Lon liked to say like does she do this every time <laughs> she's about like to get in the bath I <laughs> this gave me vibes of like and then she titted boobily down the stairs
1: <laughs> I hate it you know like who does mm-hmm. this shit This is what, this is, you're right, this is exactly how we know that a man is writing this book, because what fucking, what fucking woman just stares at herself in the, I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there, but like, who stares at themselves in the mirror, caressing their breasts and thinking, look at me and my beautiful breasts and how beautiful I am, you know? (laughs) Anyways.
0: Wait, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read the whole Tumblr post just in case anyone didn't get that reference of men writing women, but, um, this person posted and said male writers writing female characters Cassandra woke up to the rays of the Sun streaming through the slats on her blinds cascading over her naked chest she stretched her breasts lifting with her arms as she greeted the Sun she rolled out of bed and put on a shirt her nipples prominently showing through the thin fabric she breasted boobily to the stairs and titted downwards
1: so while Allie is a sex symbol noah is not like other guys because sometimes he wondered if man's instincts had changed in that time and had always concluded that they hadn't um thousands of years is what he's referring to at least in the basic most primal ways as far as he could tell man had always been aggressive always striving to dominate trying to control the world and everything in it the war in europe and japan proved that and then when he started classes his teachers thought he was the r word and recommended that he be pulled out of school and i was like this is fun <laughs> so he's like not aggressive and he's not primal and he's not striving to dominate but he also went to war so like take that as you will
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yes also he's complaining that ali's parents uh kept them separate because he's like obviously we wanted to be with each other our love was perfect uh, and it wasn't that her parents didn't like him, it was that he was from a different class too poor and they would never approve if their daughter became serious with someone like him. Um, sounds like they don't like you, bro. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. As we're getting more into Noah's background, um, he's talking about how he's dated a couple of women since Ali, but that none of them have even come close to comparing. Um, I would just like, at this point in time, to point out that they dated for, like, two months when she was 15 and he was 17. (laughs) So, like, I I feel like you're putting a lot of pressure on women that you are dating at present. Um, And he's talking about how he dated this woman for two years Um, And she was a few years older than he was, and it was she who taught him the ways to please a woman, the places to touch and kiss, where to linger, the things to whisper. They would sometimes spend an entire day in bed holding each other and making the kind of love that fully satisfied both of them.
0: (laughs) Okay, Nicholas.
1: (laughs) I just... I just need you guys to know what kind of writing we're dealing with here. <laughs> and then we, we come to find out that his father died earlier that year. And to me, I'm just like, this has major Dear John vibes because he was in the military and his dad died and he's got like the the love interest that's a little bit estranged from him. Like all of this is, it's like the same concoction
0: uh, uh, that leads to Dear John. At least Dear John was focused this one has a lot of weird side tangents and backstories and like i don't just mean backstory about noah and Allie, because those are our main characters their side stories are boring but like not irrelevant but then he slips in paragraphs like uh he's outside one day and fishing and after reeling in his line his neighbor martha shaw was there to thank him bringing three loaves of homemade bread and some biscuits in appreciation for what he'd done for bringing her dinner her husband had been killed in the war, leaving her with three children and a tired shack of a house to raise them in. winter was coming. he'd spent a few days at her place last week repairing her roof, replacing broken windows and sealing the others, and fixing her wood stove. this goes on where he just talks about how he like lent their family a car and then oh and i also have this other friend who like can't afford to drive to work and so i drive him to work and like just random paragraphs that are obviously self-congratulatory but he's trying to make it seem like he's being humble that have nothing to do with the story whatsoever
1: well and do you think that martha shaw ever comes back no this is all we
0: hear about her no we learn very specific details about these people's lives including their first and last names and they never show up again right (laughs) somehow by page 36 the reason Allie was taking a very sexual bath is because she was driving down (laughs) to this west coast town where (laughs) noah lives because she is about to get married and she decided that she needed to come and track him down for some reason before she did so she gets in her car and drives down page 36 she pulls up to his house they make eye contact and they're just staring at each other Allison Nelson 29 years old and engaged a socialite searching for answers she needed to know and Noah Calhoun the dreamer 31 visited by the ghosts that had come to dominate his life like this is the climax of the movie what what the fuck is going on with the pacing and also where are we gonna go from here because we've got like 200 more pages
1: unfortunately yeah So, they lock eyes for the first time, and immediately they're both overcome with all of these feelings and memories, etc., etc. And uh, Allie says, yet the feeling went on despite herself, and for a brief moment she felt 15 again. Felt as she hadn't in years, as if all of her dreams could still come true. Felt as though she'd finally come home. And my high school boyfriend, when I was 15 years old, whom I dated for three years, would be very disappointed to know (laughs) that I barely remember him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And of course, of course, they have a very emotional reunion where they continually stare into each other's eyes. Um, He invites Allie inside. She meets his dog, who has three legs. And he explains that her dog or that the dog was hit by a car a few months back and then he's like the doctor wanted to put her down but i wouldn't let them and she's like you were always nice like that and we just have these weird interactions where Allie says things like you were always nice about not murdering dogs and noah's like yeah i want to have sex with you but in subtext yeah and yep it's very uncomfy but they go for a walk they're having a
1: nice chat ally decides to just blurt out that she is engaged i was just like she really just came out here to tell this guy that she dated 14 years ago that she is <laughs> engaged to another man and then he's like you didn't have to come here just to tell me that you were engaged like you could have just like <laughs> i don't know written me a letter maybe like give me give me a, a ring you know like call me And she's like I know but for for some reason I had to do it and he's like Allie do you love him and I'm like what the fuck is going on this is so inappropriate on so many levels like Allie why are you here you dated him when you were 15 years old for two months and Noah who gives you the right to ask if she is in love with the man that she's engaged to we assume yes they're engaged but the night continues on they spend the evening together Um. She was like, I just I need to know why you never wrote me. And he's like, I wrote you for two and a half years. And she was like, what? I never got your letters. And he's like, well, I wrote you. And then they both have this dawning realization that her mother has been hiding all of these letters from her for all of these years. Yeah, that's a pretty shitty thing to do. That's all.
0: Also, though, they mentioned that like, like where is he writing the letters to? does he ever say? because he mentions that like he tried to track her down after she moved away but her father had moved to a different job and didn't leave a forwarding address. so that was why he didn't physically go track her down. where was he sending the letters to? oh yeah that's a good point. (laughs) so obviously the missing letters, her realizing that he was pining after her for so long, only increases the weird tension that they have going on. and they spend all day together go back to his house she's like remember when we had those like really romantic times out in the forest and he's like yes and she i used to read you poetry and she's like yes read me some more poetry talk to me like you used to then and he's reading walt whitman so like i know that this isn't canonically accurate but i feel like they would (sighs) both like rupee cower Like, I could 100% know, I could 100% see Noah being like, I do not need the kind of love that is draining. I want someone who energizes me. And Allie being like, oh my god, you're a genius. You're a writer. You're a poet. This is also
1: the dinner where Noah, at at the very least, Noah has realized that he is still in love with Allie, and... It just there's it there's like supposed to be this sexual tension, but it's not even tension because both of them are just so obviously like wanting to sleep with each other. Like for example, um, <laughs> we get things like the rockers moved in quiet rhythm, bats again over the river, moths kissing on the porch light. Somewhere he knew there were people making love. Excuse me, and it just keeps getting worse. Throughout the book, Allie compares her fiancé, Lon, and Noah, um, and basically it comes down to Lon just could, he could never, he could never compare to Noah. Um, Lon could not evoke these feelings within her. He never had and probably never would. Maybe that was why she never went to bed with him. He had tried before, many times, using everything from flowers to guilt, and she had always used the excuse that she wanted to wait until marriage. He took it well, usually, but she sometimes wondered how hurt he would be if he ever found out about Noah. Now, sitting beside her, he wondered – this is Noah – Um, if she'd ever dreamed the same things he had in the years that they'd been apart, had she ever dreamed of them holding each other again and kissing in soft moonlight? Or did she go further and dream of their naked bodies, which which had been kept separated for far too long? Like, gross. To me, I'm just getting the impression that both of them are obsessed with sex that they had like once or twice back when they were 15 and 17 years old, and
0: oh yeah, you know, take that as you will okay, I only have vague memories of the movie, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like there's a lot of Lon character assassination. I'm pretending like the movie came first and the book is an afterthought, (laughs) but like, I remember in the movie really liking Lon and being like, it only makes sense for her to end up with him because in the movie he's just charming, funny, rich. the only reason she doesn't like him is because her parents like him but she's like, i wasn't expecting to like you but you actually make me laugh and i'm having a really great time with you. whereas in the book you have scenes like caitlyn just described where he's like trying to pressure her into sex and then you have scenes like we switched to his point of view actually about halfway through um and when he realizes he knew that she was visiting this coastal town but she told him she was going antique shopping because she was stressed about the wedding and he spends three pages because he calls okay no he calls the town where she's supposed to be staying and she's not where he thought that she would be she's not there to answer the phone so this motherfucker takes five pages thinking Hmm. New Bern, this city that she's in. <laughs> New Bern. <laughs> that might be a real name of a town, but I laughed. It probably um, is. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there thinking, like, New Bern, New Bern. I feel like she's mentioned it before, maybe vaguely, maybe like. In a previous conversation, I'm thinking back, conversations I had with her mom, a passing comment. Wait, I feel like her mom made a passing comment about an old love that she had when she was 15, and I saw the look on her face, and she looked angry, so she must still be in love with him. So she probably went to go visit him, so they're probably having sex right now. And like, listen, is he wrong? No, but also, Lon, my man, you just jumped to 10 conclusions in five seconds. (laughs) We need to chill out a bit. (laughs) Like is he wrong is it paranoia if you are right
1: um and then we jump into a chapter entitled kayaks and forgotten dreams and i just
0: (laughs) i cannot with that chapter title further lawn assassination Allie is talking about a painting that she gave to noah and apparently she does uh abstract paintings which i think is hilarious because when we hear about the painting earlier noah doesn't say what's in it but he's like it's very sensual and expressive and then later she's like yeah i I do abstract paintings (laughs) like the way he describes it it sounds like a naked body and it's it's not um you wouldn't get it savannah (laughs) <laughs> well apparently lon doesn't get it either because she noah asks her if she's been painting since she left he's like you were so good you never practiced or studied or did anything you just sat down and started painting and were perfect at it like you're an artist that's what being an artist is and she was like i don't know i don't know if lon would encourage my painting and she says that sh- she remembers showing him one of her paintings a couple months after they had first started going out Quote, it was an abstract painting and it was meant to inspire thought. In a way, it resembled the painting above Noah's fireplace, the one Noah understood completely, though it may have been a touch less passionate. Lon had stared at it, studied it almost, and then asked her what it was supposed to be. She hadn't bothered to answer. You wouldn't fucking understand, Lon! My paintings are a feeling!
1: (laughs) And it's just like the thing with this book is is it's just talk like throughout the book she just gives all of these examples of how she doesn't actually like Lon but then when she's forced to actually talk about him she's always like yeah like he's (laughs) a really good guy he's really successful he treats me well he makes me laugh so like she like has to go back through and take back all of the bad things that she has said previously because she just shits on Lon the whole book
0: I mean honestly Ali and Noah are just the same level of dramatic. Yes. (laughs) Because I mean imagine if imagine if your partner came to you and was like hey I made this painting and you like take the time to study it and you're looking at it and you're like great tell me about it and they're like you don't get it and just like run (laughs) off crying and then meanwhile she shows it to Noah and Noah's like this, this blob of yellow paint inspires in me sexual arousal. And she's like, oh my god, you get it.
1: Yeah, but like, to be fair, everything that they do inspires sexual arousal. For example, um, Nicholas, like, I don't know if it's just because the book, the Nicholas Sparks books that I have read haven't ever really had, like, sex scenes. Like, there's been sex in the book, but not not like detailed sex scenes and it's you can just tell that he is how do i put this um i don't know you know what i'm not even going to put it in any way i'm just going to read you the specific chat the specific passage that i'm referring to um They just got caught in the rain. She didn't try to keep dry or hide herself, and he could see the outline of her breasts as they pressed through the fabric of the dress that clung tightly to her body. It wasn't a cold rain, but he could see her nipples erect and protruding, hard like little rocks. He felt his loins begin to stir and quickly turned away, embarrassed, muttering to himself, glad the rain muffled any sound of it. I do not think that there could have been a more awkward way to put all of that. And like... i i'm not opposed to reading a steamy romance like by any means but what the fuck was that her nipples were hard hard like little rocks (laughs) my loins were protruding
0: (laughs) (laughs) i would like to point out two things here first of all that scene is followed up by a scene where he lends her clothing and it is it says naked she went to his closet and found a hanger put her dress bra and panties on it and then went to hang it in the bathroom so it wouldn't drip on the hardwood floor she felt a secret thrill at being naked in the same room he slept in gross second of all Caitlin's <laughs> description in our note uh, <laughs> note spreadsheet for these scenes was Nicholas respectfully jerking off to his own creation <laughs> And she wasn't going to say that out loud, but I will. I
1: wasn't. No, no, I was not. (laughs) Uh, I laughed really hard when I wrote that in the sheet. I'm going to be completely frank. (laughs) Well, and, and then he and Allie are having this conversation. So they get dry clothes on. They're sitting in front of the fire. And he asks her what is the thing that you remember most about our time together and her response is i remember making love that's what i remember most you were my first and it was more wonderful than i ever thought it would be first of all that's bullshit because no one no one has good sex at the age of 15 17. sorry <laughs> um and also this is so fucking inappropriate like they're not even she is not even trying to remember the fact that she has a fiance
0: inevitably when her mother tracks her down knows exactly where she is and shows up on the porch she's acting very defensive about this like her mom comes into the kitchen and she's like oh noah who is it and turns around like drops a glass and breaks it when she sees her mom and they all sit down at the table to have a really awkward and fun conversation yeah and her mom's like I just really felt like I had to come here and find out what in the world you were doing and Ali's like what what do you mean you when you say you had what do you mean when you say you had to come don't you trust me she asks in the kitchen of her ex-boyfriend with whom she just had sex several times
1: with actually <laughs> like over and over and over again and we got to read about it
0: it was fun she's acting all indignant and i'm like what do you mean doesn't she trust you like you (laughs) (laughs) you've literally moved in with your ex like two weeks before your
1: wedding Like, as the conversation goes on, her mom is actually pretty supportive and she's like, you know, if this, I want you to do what's best for you. I'm not here to tell you what you should be doing, but I did need to give you a warning that Lon is on his way here. And like, if I was able to find you here, he's going to be able to find you here. I was just kind of like, where is this coming from considering the whole thing? First part of the book we were shitting on how bad her parents were for not wanting them to be together even though they were deeply madly truly in love it was undeserved character growth her
0: mom also leaves. kind of strange for her mom to be like yeah go be like dump your nice fiance that for all I know you're deeply in love with and who is great right. and treats you well for this guy that you right. had sex with when you were 15 so her mom leaves she and Noah have this really emotional
1: conversation where he's like, What are you going to do? And she says, I am so in love with you, and I want nothing more than to be with you but i also want a happy ending without hurting anyone and i know that if i stayed people would be hurt especially lon i wasn't lying when i told you that i love him he doesn't make me feel the same way you do but i do care for him and this wouldn't be fair to him but staying here would also hurt my family and friends I would be betraying everyone I know I don't know if I can do that I was like this is the stupidest fucking thing I have ever read in my entire life (laughs) how 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 the fuck is that even how is that hurting your friends like they're not your friends if this is going to impact like your friends don't give a fuck who (laughs) you end up with you know
0: and I'm just friends who she's never mentioned who we've never met right right so you know like yeah it's gonna hurt lon but
1: also wouldn't it hurt lon if you are in actively in love with another man and also you kind of already hurt him when you had sex with noah last night so and this morning so maybe Allie, you should reconsider your priorities
0: at this strange intersection of noah asking Allie, who are you going to be with we end their story from their perspective as Uh, or from the perspective of them when they were younger. For the reveal that obviously we knew from the beginning that it is Noah speaking, he is reading the story to this lady in the nursing home who we honestly at this point know is Allie. Um, But we get a little bit more details about Allie, so we find out that she has Alzheimer's, she is in a nursing home with him, and she does not remember their relationship, any of their time together, any of their children, et cetera, et cetera. But listen, I don't know why this didn't hit me in the movie. I don't know if I just assumed he was like reading her journal or her diary to her or like giving them a story, but then like the movie went into more detail. But reading the actual words and then having this old lady turn to him and be like, this is a beautiful story. Yes, it is, I tell her did you write it she asks yes i answer and i immediately flashed back to all of the points from Allie's perspective where she's like and then i lusted lustily after noah who was hot and tan and muscly as an old man in a nursing home you're like This is what I'm going to write for my wife who doesn't remember me. Sex scenes from her point of view about how hot I am. Yes. Yes.
1: Well, also, just, like, think about how this old man is reading aloud these graphic sex scenes between him and his wife and his wife does not remember that they were originally married the whole
0: thing is just so weird the nurse the nurse walks by and he's like (laughs) her breasts were like pebbles (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the nurse is like yeah this is just a normal day and then you find out he does this every day like i swear to god every single nurse walks by every and day he's just in there like every day reading his sexy love scene and and this old lady's like oh this is beautiful <laughs> thanks for sharing <laughs> my second that 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 was my that was my favorite part my second favorite part is when somehow towards the end of the book and like i just want to say like my grandma my grandma passed away of alzheimer's like don't at me on twitter i know enough i know enough to know like a few facts about this but he's like all of a sudden after i started reading to her she randomly started remembering things there is no explanation for this the doctor said it's impossible the doctor said she must not have alzheimer's but she does. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, like, There's no way the doctors are going to come in and be like, she recognized you for five minutes? Her Alzheimer's has been cured. And he's like, now listen up, doctors. It hasn't been cured. She still has Alzheimer's. And the doctors are like, oh, sorry, man. We didn't know. Uh, what this is the miracle they're talking about that he like miraculously healed his alzheimer's with his sex scenes (laughs) but then why is her condition different why does she sometimes change after i read i tell the doctors the reason i know it in my heart but i am not believed instead they look to science four times specialists have traveled from chapel hill to find the answer four times they have left without understanding I tell them, you can't possibly understand it if you on- use only your training in your books. But they shake their heads and answer, Alzheimer's does not work like this. It's impossible to have a conversation or improve as the day goes on. Ever. Like, did Nicholas even do a basic search about Alzheimer's? Like, it's impossible to hold a conversation with someone as their condition goes on. No, it's not. Like, random moments of clarity will happen. Not with everyone, but it's definitely positive. Like, did he even do the requisite Google search?
1: (laughs) So, wife is sad. He's dying of prostate cancer. She is dying of Alzheimer's. They have their 49th anniversary. He sneaks into her room and sits next to her bed. And then they start making out. And then she starts taking off his clothes. And Mm. we really ended the book with old people sex. And... (laughs) i I just i really like that like nicholas was like you know how we can really wrap up this story
0: old people with rheumatoid arthritis (laughs) having sex (laughs) listen fans on twitter are gonna be like no they both died and they're having young people sex in heaven but i would like i would like to counter That line was not nearly defined enough to not make you think of old people's sex. And that is a writing blunder that I cannot forgive. Wait, wait, they died in the end? That's what I assumed. I mean, like, okay, listen, I read it the first time. I was like, are they having, are they having sex right now? Like, does she even know who he is? So I went back and I read it again. There's a line where it's kind of ambiguous and you feel like they're dying. He's like, um... And suddenly a miracle, I feel her mouth open, I discover a forgotten paradise, unchanged all this time, ageless like the stars. I allow myself to slip away as I had so many years ago. Like, there's just a lot of language that makes me think that he's, like, dying. And then when she's like, oh, no, I've missed you. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, there's no way I can okay. stop the tears as we begin to slip towards heaven itself. But also, all of this language could be used as if they're not di- Like, there's no, like as we sl- like i can't stop the tears as we begin to slip towards heaven itself that could be a euphemism like
1: yeah i kind of just thought that like he was really emotional about the fact that she remembered him and also they're having old people sex you know <laughs> and which is a valid songs. interpretation
0: and it shouldn't be because if that is a valid interpretation maybe you should do some workshopping on your final ending scene my no. final thought is that I'm really glad the book wasn't better than the movie because now I can hate them both equally and for different reasons. like like I said in my Goodreads review that was very impressive to me. I thought that I was going to read it and have the same issues but I had completely different issues and I love that for me. I don't really have any good things to say about this. I mean obviously this
1: started a cultural phenomenon but i guess my question is why because i didn't give a fuck about this romance i could not have cared less about them Mm -hmm. and like every time that there was supposed to be an emotional moment i didn't feel anything i felt nothing no twinge um so yeah i i don't really have a positive thought to share here
0: (laughs) great well in that case um i would like to introduce our uh common nicholas sparks segment called for some reason there are questions in the back of this book like for a reading group guide and also there's a a cliff notes book published like is someone assigning this in college i don't know but we are going to go through a few of these questions as if we were treating this book like a serious piece of literature um and it's gonna be a good time so Caitlin. Early in the novel, Noah's neighbor Gus comments, My daddy used to tell me, the first time you fall in love, it changes your life forever. And no matter how hard you try, the feeling never goes away. The girl you've been telling me about was your first love, and no matter what you do, she'll stay with you forever. Do you think this is true? Can you remember your first love?
1: okay well again let's go back to the fact that i said that my high school boyfriend that i dated for three years when i was 15 i barely remember him so like (laughs) do i remember being in love with him yeah but it like it's not like and do i think about him occasionally yeah because it's just one of those things where you just wonder where they ended up but no i don't feel like i've been forever changed by that love you know um (laughs) um
0: When Allie decides to see Noah one last time, do you think she wanted to see him just to say goodbye? Or was she secretly hoping to fall in love with him again? Do you think it is right for her to visit Noah while she is engaged to someone else? Would your answer be different if she had already married Lon?
1: This is also a stupid question. She was 100% going there because she was still curious about Noah. It was completely inappropriate for her to go there
0: when she was engaged to Lon. My answer would still be the same if they were married. Great. Um this one i feel like has already been answered when asked by her mother ali claims to love both noah and lon while it is while it is possible to love more than one person at the same time is it possible to be in love with two different men and i would say the bachelor has thoroughly explored this question and 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 responded that yes if you are drunk and on a show with many men and
1: they're and they're for the right reasons and they're for
0: the right reasons it is very possible (laughs) if you stay in your lane last question (laughs) <laughs> noah writes in a letter i love you Allie. i am who i am because of you you are every reason every hope and every dream i had i'm just gonna say at this point i didn't read any of his letters i don't have any <laughs> shame about that um how did noah's love for ali shape him and guide his decisions do you know of any other couples where the man is who he is because of the woman he loves you can either answer that question or explain why it's a gross question <laughs> your choice. I'm
1: not answering that question. I'm I'm just not going to do it. But Savannah and I were having a conversation before we started recording about how I just I really hate romance novels that are solely based on people growing into each other and not growing separately from each other. And I just think it's really toxic to romanticize a relationship in which you have to change in order to better fit another person. And also, like, I just... And it also kind of falls back on why does a man need a woman to change for the better? You know what I mean? So, Women are that's not all.
0: rehabilitation centers. So, yeah. Question of the week.
1: What is your most toxic ship so for this week's book recommendation um i am going to recommend a romance novel that i actually enjoyed um it's called get a life chloe brown by talia hibbert um it's about chloe brown who is chronically who is a chronically ill computer geek with a goal a plan and a list after almost but not quite dying she's come up with seven directives to help her get a life and she's already completed the first finally moving out of her glamorous family's mansion the next items enjoy a drunken night out ride a motorcycle go camping have meaningless but thoroughly enjoyable sex travel the world with nothing but hand luggage and do something bad. But it's not easy being bad, even when you've written step-by-step guidelines on how to do it correctly. What Chloe needs is a teacher and she knows just the man for the job. Redford Red Morgan is a handyman with tattoos, a motorcycle and more sex appeal than 10,000 Hollywood heartthrobs. He's also an artist who paints at night and hides his work in the light of the day, of the day, which Chloe knows because she spies on him occasionally just the teeniest, (laughs) tiniest bit. But when she enlists red on her mission to rebel, she learns things about him that no spy session could teach her like why he clearly resents chloe's wealthy background and why he never shows his art to anyone and what really lies beneath his rough exterior um i really i really liked this it was really sweet um it was a great romance about two people overcoming their own shit in order to be together because they both have insecurities and relationships um it has good representation of people with chronic illnesses and it has a good representation of a man coming out of an abusive relationship which you don't see pretty much at all so it was i don't know it just it was really heartwarming really light i mean it's not like it's it's not all consuming but it's it was a really sweet romance
0: For a non-book rec, I feel like all of this talk about shipping and romance tropes and all of that, uh, just brought me right back to the She-Ra reboot, which everyone should watch, but that's not my recommendation. Oh my Uh, (laughs) god. It's on Netflix, it's not for children. No, that came out wrong. It's on Netflix, it's not only for children. (laughs) It is not inappropriate your children can watch it. Um, Noelle Stevenson, who worked on She-Ra, has also written more than a few graphic novels, I haven't read all of them, um, but I have read her memoir which was decent, it was decent, I liked it, but one of the first, I believe it was the first graphic novel she came out with was called Nemona, and it has a really, really special place in my heart. It's like, it's more, um, I feel like my last recommendation was very heavy and this is more on the like, this is cute and fun and it has some sad moments but a happy ending so uh, summary says as sidekick and supervillain namona and lord blackheart are about to wreck some serious havoc Their mission, prove to the kingdom that Sir Ambrosius Goldenloin and his buddies at the institution of law enforcement and heroics aren't the heroes everyone thinks they are. Nemesis, dragons, science, symbolism, all these and more await in this brilliantly subversive, sharply irreverent epic from Noelle Stevenson based on her award-winning webcomic. So it's free, it's online if you want to go scroll through the webcomic, but it's just like a fun little read. The art is really uh, beautifully drawn as well. And yeah, it, like, you'll finish it in two hours, but it'll be a really fun break.
1: I mean, I have kind of wanted to step into the world of graphic novels. Maybe I'll give it a, a try. I'll do that or On a Sunbeam, one of those two.
0: Nimona is a cute short read. I really, really like the saga series and I want to recommend it to people, but there's, like, a lot of dicks in it. So like like
1: actual penises like,
0: yes like actual penis like it's very oh. like like there's like monster alien dick everywhere so like i love that series and i want to recommend it to people but i really have to know the person before i recommend it you know
1: well you've already <laughs> recommended it on the podcast so you've already exposed all of our listeners to
0: i mean Greg i told them it i told them at the time it's very graphic <laughs> it is very graphic and there are lots of dicks but it's also very entertaining it's hilarious i really like the characters
1: cool well, remember that next week we are. Well, not next week. Remember that our next episode is on The Sirens by Kira Cass. Um, follow us on social media. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at worst thing we read You can send us an email at WorstThingWeRead at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter at worst thng we read And follow us at Goodreads. Our apps are down in the description below.
0: And leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You cannot tip us. We don't have a Patreon and we would like ratings. I don't, I can't speak anymore. (laughs) We have to end this episode right now. (laughs) Gotta get out of here. And with (laughs) With that, that, we will see you next week. Not with our eyes, but with our our mouths. mouths. (laughs)